Unfortunately, volunteers tend to think about donor walls uh, as this, you know, really important strategy for raising money. And, and there are times when donor walls are appropriate, right? I mean, big institutions that have a lot of permanence, where you're trying to build a certain culture of philanthropy, maybe even with your students, it can be helpful to really expose them to thoughts about philanthropy and its importance in your institution so that 20 years later, you know, they're your new major gift donors and even out of college that there may be people that, that want to give. So there are times when a donor wall that's visible can have an impact. But, but here's where it doesn't make sense. If I have an organization and I have a headquarters or a building and my donors are rarely there, why would I build a donor wall? They're not going to see it. You know, there's this wall here that I see as an employee, but none of my donors ever see. Don't build a donor wall for that, right? That, that isn't helpful. Welcome to the Abundant Vision Fundraising Podcast. Whether you're a seasoned professional or a first-time fundraiser, we have the advice you need to take your next step towards major gift mastery. I'm your host, Tom Dauber president of Abundant Vision Philanthropic Consulting. Now, I know usually I'll do a interview series with a fundraising master, someone who's a veteran with lots of experience, and I'll break that up into two or three episodes, and um, then maybe I'll do one of my own uh, just to, to mix things up a little bit. And of course, last week, our, our 10th episode, Spectacular, uh, that's exactly what I did. But, you know, I posted something on LinkedIn last week that, that really got a lot of interest uh, from my followers. And uh, so I wanted to take a minute to talk about it here on the podcast as well. Now, what is this thing that I talked about on LinkedIn? Hopefully you're following me uh, so you see it and know about it. But the topic that I brought up was donor walls. Uh, donor walls for many fundraisers are the bane of their existence. It's something that they have to have. It's something that they're expected to keep up. And it's something that donors can get very upset about. Uh, that's one of the things with a lot of uh, approaches to donor recognition I've seen over the years. There are many things that are low reward, high risk. I think about annual donor calls. Uh, when I was getting into the fundraising business, those were pretty much standard. You wouldn't believe how much time, effort, and anxiety went in uh, to our office publishing an annual list of our donors. Now, did we get any extra gifts because of that? Probably not. Maybe somebody here or there, and, and maybe for somebody, the idea of moving up a level or matching a peer, maybe that helped a little bit. But the potential benefit of that compared to the outsized pain of a person calling you up, demanding to know why they'd been left off, or wanting to know why you couldn't spell their name correctly, all those sorts of things, they were completely out of proportion. And ultimately, I think what the industry has come to understand for the most part is that a lot of donors don't even want their names out there in the public 
you know, for, for other organizations to poach. I mean, keep in mind, uh, now, if you're somebody right now who's a donor and your organization is publishing their donor list, you got to know that other charities are taking a look at those donor lists to identify potential donors for themselves. I know that I've done that personally as a major gift officer, just confessing that right now, right here. So anyway, I, I know the schools that I was at ultimately moved away from it, but there are some places even today that are still doing that. So, so that's the donor roll call. That's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about donor walls. These things are not typically published. These are things that are static walls that are created by your organization to honor donors. Now, in higher ed, these things are a pretty pretty big deal, and you'll find vendors, their entire work is building these donor walls, uh, customizing them for educational organizations, as well as uh, hospitals, and, and sometimes other organizations too, but those tend to be the most. So in short, in my LinkedIn uh, post this week, I advised folks to consider moving away from traditional plaque-based walls. Now, here's why. Now, I only listed five reasons in my uh, LinkedIn post, but there's, there's more than that even. But number one, physical walls come with physical limitations and ultimately will run out of room if you're really raising a lot of money. I mean, I mean, think about this. I mean, I, I had a donor wall that I inherited at the dental school I worked at. And um, they had been chugging along at maybe a million to a million and a half a year for a very long time. And uh, all of a sudden, they got a, a fairly entrepreneurial fundraiser in there. He tripled the size of the staff. Uh, we started raising a lot more money. This is before I got there. And then after him uh, came another great chief development officer. And again, kept pushing the envelope. Anyway, you, you get the point. The more your fundraising team grows, the more fundraising success you have, the more people you're going to have in your donor wall. And so if you're increasing your fundraising exponentially, you're going to run out of space. So what do you do? Well, then you got to invest another $10,000, $20,000 in another donor wall. Keep in mind, that is the type of price you can expect to pay depending on the style of donor wall that you want. So th there's that. Number two, talked about updates getting expensive. Now, keep in mind with updates, every year, hopefully, you are adding new major gift donors, uh, people that have hit your giving thresholds, whatever those thresholds are, to your wall. Uh, so every year, you've got to call up your vendor and pay them more money. Now, there's other types of updates that you could run into as well. For example, what if your logo changes and you've got the wall branded with your logo? Well, there's something else to fix. Another thing that can happen, because remember, when we're raising money for institutions that are permanent, you know, we're talking about universities and hospitals, things like that. Oftentimes, we're thinking about periods of decades or even more. So the vendor that you were working with in 1970 may not be there in 1990. You know, the person you're working there, working with today in 2024 may not be there in 2044. 
So what are you going to do if font usage that, that you've loved that fits with your brand is no longer available? So you made the choice to use, you know, some type of, of, of font. It's not available. Well, all of a sudden you've got, you've got plaques that don't match and that's just ugly, right? So you've got all these potential different types of updates. Oh, and don't forget on these walls, which typically are cumulative giving walls. So these are walls that track my giving over the course of my lifetime. Well, let's say I die and leave you a bunch of money, or let's say I just kind of cross the next threshold. You got to buy a new plaque to replace the old one and remove the old one. Uh, you might have a hole there, so you got to buy a blank to fit in there. And then you got to order the new new uh, plaque to reflect the new level of giving, right? So there's all sorts of things, plus the time and energy that goes into tracking all that, right? And then another thing to consider, unfortunately, volunteers tend to think about donor walls uh, as this you know, really important strategy for raising money. And, and there are times when donor walls are appropriate, right? I mean, big institutions that have a lot of permanence where you're trying to build a certain culture of philanthropy, maybe even with your students. I mean, if we're thinking really long-term about our students, we've got to understand that 20 years from now, they may be donors. And so it can be helpful to really expose them, even indirectly, to thoughts about philanthropy and its importance in your institution so that 20 years later, you know, they're your new major gift donors. And even out of college, that there may be people that, that want to give. So, so there are times when a donor wall that's visible can have an impact. But, but here's where it doesn't make sense. If, if I have an organization and I have a headquarters or a building and my donors are rarely there, why would I build a donor wall? They're not going to see it. You know, there's this wall here that I see as an employee, but none of my donors ever see. Don't build a donor wall for that, right? That that isn't helpful. On the flip side, you know, when you're thinking about great ways to recognize people, you know, something to consider is the alignment with the mission of the organization. Uh, Sometimes an event uh, can be a great way to recognize. Uh, Sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes featuring a donor in a publication can be a great way to recognize. There's a lot of ways to recognize donors. Oftentimes, the best way to recognize a donor is simply to have your leader, your executive director, or or maybe one of your program staff that are doing the work, actually call the person, tell them what they did, and say thank you. Um, or sending s- some some live video of the people you're helping uh, receiving that help. You know, so if you're a school, you know you know, some, some video, uh, from a student event or a classroom, you know, anything like that, you know, we don't have to get caught up in super duper highly produced professional video. I mean, what I often say to clients is that, you know, think about yourself as a a parent or grandparent, you know, if you're a grandparent and your children send you a shaky, not well-produced video of your grandchild taking their first steps. Do you care that it's poorly produced or is your heart just full of joy because you got to share in this important thing in the life of your grandchild, right? That's how you got to be thinking 
if you are a nonprofit wanting to give meaningful uh, recognition and stewardship to your donors. So, so those are the, the top five things that I brought up in my LinkedIn post that, that got a lot of um, response. Today's episode is brought to you by Abundant Vision Philanthropic Consulting. If you are a nonprofit professional, you're used to pressure. You're used to the grind. The challenge of raising more money never goes away. It's easy to get stuck in fundraising ruts. We've always done it this way. We've always done it that way. So we can't change. And this is the best way to do it, right? But if you want to raise more money, you don't want to be limited by organizational traditions. You need to work smarter, not harder. Bringing in an outside perspective is one of the best ways to accomplish this. Now, over the years, I've seen so many fundraising organizations failing to live up to their potential because they aren't making the most of their resources. They are often committed to ineffective fundraising practices or limiting scarcity mindsets. This is why I founded Abundant Vision Philanthropic Consulting to help nonprofits like yours develop the vision and strategies needed to take their fundraising to the next level. If you want to see greater fundraising revenues at your organization, head over to AbundantVision.net and schedule a free conversation today. Now, back to the show. So here's what I learned specifically from my first donor wall that might be a benefit to you. So this was a dental school, right? And they had face plaques. That, that is, they would, they would actually get a photo of the donor. They would give it to their uh, plaque vendor the vendor would give it to an artist who would try to draw kind of a, a, a comic book quality likeness of the, uh, the, the donor, you know, somewhat realistic, uh, you know, but, but honestly, there was just such inconsistent quality. Some of them were pretty good likenesses. Like I could look at this line drawing and tell that this was this donor that I knew, but some of the times they were just ugly. They, they kind of looked like a middle schooler drew them. They were really bad. So, so we had that issue. We were running out of space and the giving levels were outdated. So, so they were originally at 25 K, uh, which at the time corresponded to the endowment level and to the major gift levels for the university. Well, that changed and it moved up to 50 K. And so, you know, there were some questions about how do we move forward and, and what, what do we do with the folks that had only given 25K originally? So ultimately, we decided in that case that we'd grandfather, you know, anybody that had already been in, but that moving forward, we'd only recognize them um, at, at that 50K level. And so that, that's an important thing to be thinking about with any donor wall is, is what is your What's a litmus test for being on this donor wall? Now, each time we got a gift of 25K, you know, we had to do specialty work with that vendor, you know. Uh, now, and think about this process to get these cartoon quality uh, face blacks, right? So we first had to request photos of the donor. That would take some time. And then we would have to give it to the vendor, have the drawing done have the drawing sent back to us, then that um, that drawing would need to be submitted to the donor to get their approval to make sure that the image looked good. 
that might take a couple of attempts. Now, then we we had to you know get the plaque and then then get it installed. So that was the process that that I was tasked with with trying to deal with. Uh, we also had some inconsistent font usage as well. And and my favorite thing about that that donor wall actually, uh, that's the Society of uh, Benefactors wall, was that there was a plaque with no face. It just said anonymous on it. You know, so we went through this process actually when we got rid of that donor wall to, to get the new one. We we took all the uh the old face plaques and set up meetings with uh, those benefactors and actually gave them to them as gifts. It was actually well received and and a positive thing. Um but the anonymous one I just kept it at my desk as a reminder of what not to do uh, when trying to recognize donors, because it it really was just a big waste of money to have a plaque to the anonymous donor, right? So, so these plaques, so these were wooden plaques with metal onlays, um, and 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 the onlays were were then etched. So these were these were expensive plaques that we were getting rid of. So that was what we had to work with, and what we decided to do. Uh, was to go with a a simpler format. Uh, we went with Corian plaques that didn't have any faces on them at all. Just a simple, I think we might even gone with like Times New Roman or Arial fonts, just very basic fonts. And we created a donor wall where uh, you just used adhesive to stick it really to drywall. I tried to keep the the costs down and we we did pay for some carpentry to be done to kind of build a border, but it was all attached directly to studs on a uh, a, a drywall uh, wall that could be easily repaired or patched if it needed to be. But really each plaque came to us and um, you know, we used a piece of cardboard to kind of keep the the the, uh, uh, the distance between the plaques the same. It was about a 16th of an inch on either side. And we just stuck it to the wall. Uh, it was very easy uh, to manage. Now, keep in mind, it was still a physical wall with physical plaques. And so it had physical limitations. So I did look into a digital donor wall back then. That was maybe 2005, 2006. But at the time, I, I hadn't quite yet figured out how to do it effectively. And so we, we didn't do a digital wall. But in 2012, when I went to the pharmacy school, I ran into similar issues. You know, we, again, had an older wall, hadn't been maintained well. You know, we had donors who had, should have been upgraded from one giving to the level uh, or one, one giving level to another, and they hadn't been. Or when they had been, their old plaque had been left in the old uh, society. Um, so we had people like repeated multiple times. In one case, we had, you know, divorced couples that were still listed together. And some of them were, were really important donors to the organization. And so that was, that was kind of awkward, had to get that fixed. And um, then there was the matter of pharmaceutical companies. Like corporate, corporate recognition can be interesting and different. I mean, you have mergers and acquisitions. Like in the dental field, I did see that some. But let me tell you, I, I, I was not prepared for the complexity of it in the pharmaceutical world. You know, because this was an old wall going back decades. And there, there were tons of mergers, acquisitions, and consolidations all over pharma over a 40-year period or so. So we had, we had situations where 
One company bought another company. Both of them are on the wall. Do we credit the new company with recognition for the past giving of the old company? You know, what do you, what do, you do there? Uh, do you recognize the historical company and their giving? You know, just lots of questions that, that you needed to wade through. And then there's the question of like reverse mergers. Like that's a thing. It just got really complicated. And frankly, I had to spend a lot of time on the internet just researching the different companies to know who had been bought by whom so that so we could make those decisions, right? So, but this time around, I was very committed to going digital and avoiding the high-priced donor wall vendors. Um, and, and let me tell you, I've known some great donor wall vendors. I don't mean to make them out to be the bad guys here. You know, but you know, it does cost money. And the more money you can save, I think the better. So here's what I did. Instead of going with a traditional donor wall, uh, we purchased four large commercial grade monitors. Now that part's really important. You don't want to just go to Best Buy and and get yourself, you know, some 60-inch flat screens. Burn-in can be a problem with those. And uh, they're not going to hold up as well as a commercial grade. Uh, monitor like they'd have at a restaurant or something with a menu board, those sorts of things, right? So, so anyway, so we got those, we mounted them in a port in in the, kind of the portrait style. So they're actually about the same size as a, a donor wall might be, right? So we got four of those, and we created static images of what the plaque board would look like in PowerPoint, and. We saved it as an image file and, and we, we got it on those, those monitors. There were JPEGs, right? Nothing crazy. Now, in that situation, we, uh, it, it was all networked and we were running it through the aid, uh, our IT department. And so once a year, they'd change out things for us at our request. But, but the thing is, is uh, you don't have to do it like that. I mean, if you don't have an IT department or a network or you don't even want to fool with that, you could really just take a thumb drive and stick it into a USB port on the side of the monitor and have that image be displayed all the time. Uh, you could do that. Uh, the nice thing too is, let's say you're having a special event, maybe in that same space, and you want to mix up the board with with maybe some non-static content. You know, maybe a, a PowerPoint presentation uh, celebrating, you know, some person you're honoring. You could do that. Like you could get a lot of different types of use out of these boards. And, you know, when it's time to go back to business as usual, just go right back to it being kind of your donor wall. You know, anything you want to do here, uh, you can do. Now, I want to warn you because one thing I looked into quite a bit was, well, could we get, could we have these be touchscreen displays uh, so that if you clicked on particular plaque, you might see an image of the donor and a bio and all those things? Because that would be really cool, frankly. Uh, but I want to tell you, like I, I decided not to do that because I saw another unit at my university try to do that. They had a really large screen that was meant to be an interactive multimedia presentation, and um, it was down most of the time. Like it was always breaking. It was, and and they spent a large amount of money on it uh, to get it up and running. And ultimately, all the problems they had convinced me that it probably wasn't going to be worth all that. Because uh, really, 
at the end of the day, we just want a place to list some names. Um, and again, having the digital wall really does make it uh, a little bit, uh, you get a little bit more potential usage out of it. So, so again, we just put the monitors up on the wall. The thing that we did do was we spent a little money on some carpentry. Uh, we had, we had some, some nice looking, uh, handcrafted frames attached to the wall around, uh, each of the monitors, um, with the monitors being set back in, in these frames that way, it just looks a little nicer, a little classier. Cause this is a donor wall. You want people to come and be impressed with what they see. And, uh, you know, it's been a while since I've looked at the wall, uh, but I'm pretty sure we also spent some money on some permanent signage that would go over the plaques or, or over the, the, the digital plaque wall, just to ex- describe what it was. Right, I, I think we had something. We'd taken taken a quote out of the the pledge that the student pharmacists take when uh, during their white coat ceremony, and um, I don't know if we called that a society of benefactors wall or or what the particular name for the wall was at the time. But uh, but anyway, we we put that up there so it would be obvious to the students that these are people that were supporting their education historically. Again, just to to help you know, kind of reinforce the culture of philanthropy. So, so that's what we did. And it, and I'd like to think that, that we saved a good bit of money on that. They're still using it today. And even though it was, it was some money up front, you know, over the long term, I think it's, it's going to pay for itself many times over in that we never had to, you know, buy plaques again. And, uh, we, anytime we wanted to update, we could do it. And, and the other thing too is, now we we went with four monitors, but you could have added an extra monitor on either side of those four if you wanted to. But the other nice thing with it is on the larger giving group in the uh, on the donor wall, the 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 larger donor society with the, the when I say larger, I mean the one with more people. You know, if it got to the point where it was um, maybe just a little bit too big to fit on the screen you had some options. Like you could shrink the font just a little bit, or the other thing you could do is actually make it, make it just roll, you know, make it just scroll down a bit and then start over. Uh, so again, you can make a lot more space there. Um, just, just by a little bit of manipulation of the screens than what you could normally do. So you got options with digital donor walls. That's why I, I endorse them. That's why I like them. I think they're cheaper. Um, in the short term and in the long run. Um, so, so anyway, that's, that's my story on donor walls. Um, that's my advice on donor walls. I hope it's helpful to you. If you have questions, feel free to, uh, to check in with me at Thomas Dauber at abundantvision.net. Would love to hear from you. A couple other things, um, to think about too. If, if you're interested in, in just having a place to share questions, um, I do have uh, the AVPC, that's the Abundant Vision uh, Philanthropic Consulting Fundraising Coaching Group, AVPC Fundraising Coaching Group on Facebook. Feel free to join up with us there. And then also, uh, if you want, want tips, you want some tricks, check me out on LinkedIn. Uh, follow me there. I try to post uh, pretty much daily during the, uh, the work. As always, I'm your host, Tom Dobber. Thank you for joining me as we journey together toward 
Major Gift Master.